Hi, this is Don Cherie Wilkerson, and I pastor Vuk Church in Miami, Florida, and this is our podcast. I hope it encourages you. I hope that it inspires you. Let's check out the message. Hey, Vuk Church, and welcome, Vu friends and family, wherever you are today. Hope that your heart is filled with hope and peace. You know, in this time, we are marching towards Easter. It is closer than we think. And we've been looking at the week of Jesus's life leading up to Easter. I don't know where we'll be on Easter this year, but one thing I know is that we're gonna celebrate that Jesus is alive. No matter what the circumstances are, you and I have hope because Jesus is alive. And when we kicked off this collection, uh, Rich opened by talking about the triumphal entry, that as Jesus entered into Jerusalem, that they waved palm branches and they shouted, Hosanna, save us. That happened on a Sunday. So today, I wanna talk to you about that Monday. That Monday was pivotal in leading towards the crucifixion and the resurrection why we celebrate Easter. So if you have your Bibles, why don't you turn with me to Matthew chapter 21, verse 12. It reads this. Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. The blind and the lame came to him at the temple and he healed them. And I wanna talk to you uh, as we are continuing this collection to hell and back. I wanna talk to you from the thought, oh, how the tables have turned. Will you just bow your heads wherever you're sitting today? Will you pray with me? God, thank you for today. Thank you that wherever we are, we're not alone. God, we're surrounded by a family. Lord, we're seen and we're loved. I pray that your word would speak strength to our situation, strength to our nation, and strength to our world today. We trust you, we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, oh, come on, I can't hear you. Everybody said, awesome. Well, you know, sometimes change happens rapidly. Other times it feels like it takes forever. I I think in the case of what's happened in our nation and our world, it's felt like a slow motion wave moving towards the US as we have watched the news over the last few months as we've prayed for other nations going through such difficulty. And now in just a matter of days, it rapidly changes for us. And here we are in uncharted territory, uh, seeing each other through cameras and through laptops and through phones. You know, two weeks ago, I was taking my son to school. Two weeks ago, I was going to birthday parties. Two weeks ago, I was going to dinner with friends. Two weeks ago, you were headed to work just like any other day. And here we are just days later. And and I'm talking to you through a camera. And I got my Voo Girl sign back here because Voo Girl has been postponed, not canceled, postponed. Things change so quickly. I read a tweet this week that made me laugh. They said, in an unsettling reversal of my teenage years, I'm now yelling at my parents for going out. I mean, laughter is good. We need to laugh. Laughter is actually medicine. 
But at the same time, I know that when I say, oh, how the tables have turned, that there is a sense of, God, what is going on right now? Lord, these times are serious. We need you like never before. This table that was never meant to be turned, this table that was never meant to be disrupted, my life, my schedule, my security has suddenly been turned. You know that phrase that we say that it's always been this way? Well, it holds true until all of a sudden it, it suddenly is not. Suddenly things have changed. We need a new way of being in 2020. We need a new way of believing for this time and for this moment. You know, when we look to the Word of God, we find hope and we find truth for every situation. But if we're honest, our generation, we're cynics. We are always skeptics. We can look at things and we can think that we know better than when people are trying to tell us the truth. And, and I think it's just humanity's issue. Our issue with humanity is that, isn't it natural not to believe something until you actually see it? And 2,000 years ago, when Jesus showed up on the scene, the world had never seen anything like Jesus. Jesus was different from any man or woman who had ever stepped foot on this earth. His life didn't make sense, didn't look like everybody else. I mean, this was a man who was pure, but yet he hung out with people who had the worst reputation in town. This is a man who was loved and adored by large crowds who cheered him on and thought the highest of him, and yet he remained humble, giving glory and honor to his father. This is a man who was a teacher, but he also was a healer. This is a man who was a champion of all people, including women and children who weren't championed or celebrated in that day and age. This is a man who spoke to the multitudes yet stopped everything to care for the one. This is a man who was focused on mission, yet he allowed the interruptions of life to actually bring about supernatural encounters. The world had never seen anything like Jesus when he showed up on the scene 2,000 years ago. So let me ask you, as we read this passage where Jesus is overturning tables and benches and running people out of the temple, what is up with this scene? This is not what I expected Jesus to do. Like, why is he showing up in the temple, causing a ruckus, causing a scene? We've got to look closer to find what Jesus was trying to convey, not just to the people who were right in front of him, but to you and I in 2020, sitting in our homes, asking God to speak to us about our situation. You see, I wrote this sermon a few weeks ago, but I believe that it's even more relevant today with what's going on in our culture than ever before. We need the truth that is found in Jesus. I want to give you a little bit of background and text of what we're reading. You see, Jesus is at the temple, and people from all over would travel to the temple to make sacrifices, to make atonement 
for their sins. And the way that atonement was made is it was by the shedding of blood of animals. And so people would sacrifice lamb, ox, doves. They would pay to receive that animal so that they were able to make the sacrifice. Also, they'd come with their own currency. They were from another country. They were from another territory. And so they'd bring their currency but they weren't allowed to pay the temple taxes in that currency. They needed to pay in the currency that was right there. So they had to exchange money in the temple in order for them to pay in the proper currency to pay their temple taxes. So this is quite the scene. Like it's taking place in the Gentile court. It had been a recent move that these exchanges were taking place in the temple. Before that, they were taking place in the Kigjaron Valley. But we know now that it's been moved to the temple. So people are coming to pray, but it's like they're in the middle of a bazaar. Like people are exchanging, people are talking, money is being exchanged. How can you focus on accessing the presence of God when there's a bazaar, a flea market, all of this stuff going on all around you? I remember when I met Rich and the first time I came to Miami, we loved this place called the Swap Shop. Now, maybe you're smiling if you're from South Florida. Uh, the Swap Shop is a wild place in Fort Lauderdale. The Swap Shop is this massive piece of property where tables are set up and there are hundreds of people every single day. Some of you are laughing right now at this example because you know what I'm talking about. They go every day and they swap, they pay, they barter, they make a deal. In fact, when my car was stolen, my computer was stolen, a few weeks ago, if you can believe it, I tracked that ping. I tracked that ping. And you know where my laptop showed up? At the swap shop, baby. And I called the police. I'm so grateful for the police. They tracked down my laptop and somebody was trying to sell my laptop at the swap shop. And here we are, and this is the picture of what's taking place in the temple. Uh, how can you pray in the middle of the swap shop? How can you access God and pour your heart out? How can you actually focus on how wonderful he is and the plan he has for your life in the middle of the swap shop? They're right there in the middle of it. And Jesus is saying, I've had enough. This way is over once and for all. Jesus disrupts the commerce of the temple. Praying while the temple taxes were paid, praying while people are buying doves, this is the only place that the Gentiles could come to pray. And it's been turned into a public bazaar. Jesus is saying, this isn't the way it should be. And I've come to this earth to change it so it will never be this way again. No, they weren't stealing anything but they were stealing the identity of what the house of God should be. They were stealing the essence of the house of God and where the presence of Almighty God was residing. So what does Jesus do? Jesus turns the table. Jesus does what only he can do. And as he literally turns the tables in the temple, he's also making a prophetic gesture to you and to me that because I've come to this earth, nothing is gonna be the same about the way that you are able to 
access God. You see, the first thing you need to understand is that Jesus turns the table of access. Why don't you say access wherever you are today? Say access. Jesus declared this when he came to the earth. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So what is Jesus saying? He's saying, I am turning the table of how you have access to the Father. And no longer will you have to show up and make a sacrifice, shed the blood of animals. I am gonna sacrifice my very life so that you have direct access to everything that the Father has. I'm turning the table and it won't ever be turned back to the way it once was. See, this week, I don't know if you've been paying attention, I know all of us are now. We can't help but pay attention. But this week, there have been shortages all over the city and the world. People have posted pictures of being in specific grocery supermarkets and, and different drug stores. And, and as they walk in, the, the shelves are just cleaned empty. Everything is gone. The supply, the supply isn't there. And, and those that that have the supply have explained very clearly to us in the media that there's plenty of supply, there's plenty of resources. They're just actually having trouble getting it to us. Now, I wanna encourage you today, no matter how you feel, no matter what a roller coaster of emotions you've been on this week, our God doesn't just have the supply, but our God has absolutely no difficulty getting it to you. He can get it to you sitting there on your couch. He can get it to you having your breakfast or eating your dinner tonight. He can get it to you as the tears run down your face and you ask God, how are we going to get through this? Our God is not limited by his resources. He has unlimited resources and they are available to you because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. He turned the tables so that you wouldn't have to live in fear. You wouldn't have to live intimidated by what the world is saying today, but so that you would feel safe and secure in your home, in your family, in your finances. Jesus turned the tables so that right now, today, you would know you have access. You say, Don Shree, what do I have access to? I feel confined. I feel limited. You have access to the presence of God. You have access to the comforter, the counselor, the Holy Spirit. Friend, this isn't a season where you should just say, I gotta know what to do, I've gotta figure it out. No, you're not alone in making decisions. You can say, God, I don't know what to do, and the comforter, the counselor, the Holy Spirit, he knows exactly what you need, and he will give it to you right when you need it. You have access. There is no rationing in the kingdom of God. There is no lack in the house of God. You are filled with the Spirit. You are led by the Spirit. You have every single thing that you need. Friend, Jesus turned the table of access. You see, we read in this same passage that Jesus is healing the lame. Why is he overturning tables in the same moment healing the lame? It's because he's making a prophetic declaration that it doesn't matter how low you are, the King of Kings is here to pick you up. 
and heal you, that no one is barred from access to our God any longer. See, Jesus is saying this era is over. See, it's not just like what they were doing, it's how they were doing it. It was their heart. It was their intention. It was the way that they viewed the house of God and its purpose. Some of you might be like, man, like, but I, I, I love paying to go to conference and I love my, my church merch. I hope you're rocking your church merch wherever you are. That's not the point. You've missed it if that's the way you're interpreting this scripture. The way you need to interpret it is this. You can't buy your salvation. You can't buy your forgiveness of sins. You can't buy the assurance that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life and that your eternity is secure. No, friend, you can only receive that gift. It can't be purchased. Jesus is saying this era is over. It has an expiration date, and right now it's Monday, but on Friday, I'm gonna give my life, and on Sunday, I'm gonna rise again, and no longer will there be a veil between you and the presence of God. Because when I declare it is finished on a tree on Friday, the veil in this temple is gonna be ripped from top to bottom, letting the presence of God inhabit every man and woman who puts their faith and trust in Jesus in every continent, Throughout all the generations, Jesus is saying, this way of doing things, I'm turning the tables. And today, you're bringing a lamb to sacrifice, but I'm the spotless lamb that will be sacrificed for all. And today, you're sacrificing a dove, but friend, I'm gonna send the friend of all friends, the comforter, the Holy Spirit, who's gonna descend upon you, fill you up as you simply surrender your life to me. Today, You are surrendering and sacrificing ox, but you know what? You can yoke up with me now. My burden is easy and light. You can walk with me. You can learn my ways. You can work with me. Jesus is saying today, you're shedding the blood of animals, but on Friday, I am going to allow my hands and feet to be stretched across a tree, and my innocent blood will be shed once and for all there won't be another atoning sacrifice. Your sins will be forgiven once and for all. Friend, Jesus turns the table of access. Do you realize it today? If you realize it today, I want you to write a comment right now on whatever format you're watching. I want you to write that you're grateful that Jesus has granted you access. He's changed all of our lives because he removed the barrier between us and God by taking on sin once and for all. You know, when it comes to the message, we have to understand, especially as leaders, that the message does not need more. See, methods, they can change, but the message remains the same. And it doesn't need our additions It doesn't need us to twist it or to change it or to add anything on top of it. The message is potent and powerful. And can I tell you, it's usually the most powerful when you just keep it simple, that Jesus paid the price 
and that all of us have access. If you get tied to your methods, well, you're gonna end up disillusioned, disappointed, and it's gonna break at some point. We've learned that this week, right? Your methods change. It doesn't matter if I'm preaching with a microphone or if you and I are sitting across a coffee table talking about Jesus. The same power that conquered the grave lives within us and can change our perspective and give us peace and power in the moment. That's the power of the cross. Jesus flips the table on access, but he doesn't just do that. See, secondly, Jesus turns the table of time. 2 Peter 3, 8 through 9 reads, but do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years. And a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but wanting everyone to come to repentance. Life is going in slow motion. That's how it feels right now, right? I mean, an hour feels like a day. And I know that a lot of you have been saying the same thing that I've been saying. What a week it's been. And we're not even through it. What a week it's been. But can you imagine what a week it was going to be for Jesus? This is Monday. He's in the temple. He's overturning tables of the money exchangers. He's rebuking and reprimanding those who would turn a house of prayer into a place of commerce. He's healing the lame, but it's just Monday, friend. And he knows that Friday is coming. He knows that he's going to be beaten, that he's gonna be bruised, that he's gonna be humiliated in front of those that he loves. He knows that hundreds of soldiers are going to surround him alone and torment him. He knows that he will be shamed and that he will be stretched naked upon a tree. That people will surround him who love him and who walk the closest to him and people will surround him who hate him and celebrate his death. What a week it would be for Jesus. And Jesus knew that the enemy would think for a moment that he had the final word that the religious leaders of the day would think, oh yeah, we turned the tables on that Jesus. He thought that he could steal the show. He thought that he could have the final word. Well, we really turned the tables on him. He's done. But what they did not understand is that Jesus held the whole world in his hands and that he didn't just live inside of time, but that he created time. And that in one moment, life would resurrect inside of that tomb and the tables would be turned once and for all, friends, because he's alive, there is life for you and I. And it doesn't matter what the time of your life has held. 
from the beginning of your life until now, can I just tell you that our God can turn the tables on your story in one moment and everything can be changed? It doesn't matter how many years you wasted. It doesn't matter how many years you looked at people as they tried to tell you the truth and you said, oh no, that's a hoax. I'm not buying into that stuff. But all of a sudden, you've come to grips with the truth that extends beyond the ages. Friends, God's just waiting and he's not waiting to reprimand you and say, hey, you should have believed, you should have done better. He's waiting to wrap his arms around you. He's waiting to say, even the time you wasted, I will use it for good if you will surrender it to me. I've been singing a song in the house with my kids all week. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole wide world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. I'm not just singing it because it's a catchy melody or easy words for them to remember. I'm singing it for myself this week because he has every single one of us in his hands. He has every situation, every need, every unspoken request. He knows it before it's on your lips and he holds the whole world in his hands. Right now, I want you to write. You write on that chat what you're placing in the hands of God. I want you right now to interact with your family, your global family. Well, I want you to speak it out. What are you entrusting God today with? Because he has the whole world in his hands. You see, the enemy tries to convince you that he has the last word. Yes, fear can turn the table. Yes, poverty can turn the table. Yes, disruptions in your home life can turn the table. Yes, COVID-19 can turn the table, but friends, none of them have the final word. Our God has the final word. And if today you'll open up your heart to him, he'll change everything from the inside out. He'll bring you the rest you need. He'll bring you the peace that you seek. Why? Because Jesus turned the table on time. What were we living for before this whole thing occurred? Where was our focus? Where was our time spent? All of those things show what our real values are. I think there's an opportunity to reflect, not out of condemnation, but knowing that God has a beautiful future he wants to put in front of us. You see, what I've learned about the way that Jesus turned the table of time is that I've learned that our God is a redeemer of time. We call him the redeemer, but have you ever thought of him as the redeemer of time? I've learned this in such a real way in the last two years of my life because the last two years since I had my first son and now my second son, I have less time than I did to myself. And I found myself over the last two years getting frustrated, feeling overwhelmed, feeling like I'm not giving God enough time, that I'm not giving others enough time, that I'm not giving myself enough time. But what I've learned is that God redeems time. And that if instead of getting overwhelmed and feeling like I don't have enough to give God, if I'll just stop and just give Him what I've got, that He'll use it more than I could ever dream. 
I mean, even being in the house this week, like I have to be honest with you, this morning, it was a tough morning for me. Like I'm a person who I need my personal space. I need my time of of being quiet in the presence of God. It did not happen this morning. I was feeding kids bottles. I was making coffee. I was getting breakfast ready. I was running around the house trying to get everything sorted. And when I got ready to bring this message, it was like an overwhelming wave of, Don Shree, you haven't had a moment to be quiet. I had to come to a place and say, God, I'm just giving you what I got. I I think it's enough. I think if you can take a couple fish and some bread and feed 5,000, then then this is enough for you. That God, that if I'll just hand it to you instead of trying to make make it best myself, that you can make it better than I could ever dream. You can use these few minutes of pouring my heart out to you. And can I just tell you, you may be strapped for time right now. Your kids may be driving you crazy. You may feel like you have a million emails. You may be trying to figure out a brand new way to revamp your organization in the midst of this crisis. Will you just give God what you have? Will you just give him the little that you have? Because he is a God who redeems time. He is a God who turns the table of time. Because when he gave his life on the cross, he didn't just turn the table of time. He split time in two. We have BC and we have AD because Jesus was declaring, I am the God who didn't just create time, but I control time. And if you'll give me your time, I'll use it in ways that you could never, ever dream. But Jesus didn't just turn the table of access. He didn't just turn the table of time. But Jesus, he turns the table of identity. John chapter one, verse 12 says, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. You see, all of us have created our own identity. In your mind right now, the way you think about yourself, well, that's created your identity. And we all often say the phrase that it doesn't matter what other people say about you. It matters what your God says about you. And I believe that and I'll preach it for the rest of my life. But I wanna tell you another part that is very important of that declaration. Because the Word of God says that as a woman thinks in her heart, so is she. So your Father God can be looking down at you saying, you're loved, you're chosen. I've got nothing but a smile on my face when I'm looking at you. You're purposed. Son of God, you're forgiven. The things you did in your past, they are gone. There is no shame. There is no condemnation. But yet, even as Father God is looking at you with eyes full of love and a beautiful future unrolled before you, you can think about yourself in a different way. And the way that you think about yourself will dictate the trajectory of your life. Because God didn't create robots. He gave you free will so that it could be real love, love that's chosen, love that's pursued, love that is initiated and responded to. And here you are today and you get to choose to believe Him. And when you choose to believe who He says you are, that's when you get to walk in the fullness of the identity that He bought 2,000 years ago on the cross. You see, He turns the table of identity. 
through this crisis, every single crutch of our identity is being removed. If you know Him, you know this, that everything about who you are is different because of who He is to you. Maybe you just decided to surrender your life to Jesus this year. Maybe you're gonna make the decision today. Maybe you've been walking with Jesus for 30 years. Then you know more than any of us that the longer you walk with Jesus, the more humble you become because you realize that everything about who Jesus is changes everything about who we are. And our identity is found in Him. And the same God who gives you an identity is the same God who takes that identity and gives you a purpose. So He doesn't just free you to enjoy your freedom. He frees you so that you can bring the freedom message to the world around you. He doesn't just give you peace so that you can hoard it for yourself, but He says, hey, unlimited resources, take as much as you want, but be sure that you pass it on to the people around you. He doesn't just forgive your past, give you a brand new future, so that you can feel good and free and light and look forward to eternity, but He does it so that you can go to the people that feel bound by their addiction, bound by their past, bound by their current situation and say, you know what, I was there once, but I met this man and his name is Jesus and He turned the tables of my life once and for all and now every single thing has changed. Today, you might deal hope through a computer. Tomorrow, it might be in the kitchen with your kids. In a couple weeks, it might be at dinner with some friends. Might be at your cubicle at work. Might be in your car as you talk to a loved one. I don't know how you deal hope, but I wanna tell you like, you don't need a microphone and you definitely don't need a stage. In fact, I think some of the most supernatural transformational moments happen in one-on-one moments when you just look into people's eyes and you that the love of Jesus that is inside of you pour out into their heart. You've got what it takes because you are filled with the very Spirit of God. You won't know till you try. Don't show you I'm scared. Oh, but you're filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. He'll give you courage today. Don't show you I feel overwhelmed. Oh, you know what? He's the one who calmed the waves and made the storm silent. He'll do the same to the waves and the storm inside of your heart. Don't show you I've been hurt. Well, it's time to come to the healer because He wants to change you. It's time to get over your pain, to get over your hurt, to step forward and to try again. It's been long enough that you have been sitting on the sidelines. God wants to not just give you a brand new identity. He wants to use you in the masterpiece that He is telling throughout history. He wants you to be His messenger. Don't hold on to the past. Don't allow hurt to keep you on the sidelines. Come on, you won't know unless you try. Let's do something together. Let's see God turn our city upside down with the gospel. Let's see God move in this time that is unprecedented like never before, simply because we choose to let Him turn the table of our identity and let us move forward to share the good news. See, what did it take for Jesus to turn the table? What did it take? It was Monday, Friday's coming, 
Can you imagine the pressure on his life at that moment? But he followed through and he finished what the Father sent him to earth to do. What did it take to turn the tables? The table of access, the table of time, the table of identity. Well, it took everything for Jesus. It took his very life. It took the very breath out of his lungs. He gave his life for you. But what does it take for him to turn the tables in your life? How do you turn the tables? By choosing to surrender. See, Jesus already paid the debt 2,000 years ago. He's waiting on you to surrender every part of your life. Like Jesus wouldn't be just a part of your weekly routine, but that He would be the foundation of your life. He's waiting on you simply to choose to believe, to accept Him into your heart, to trust Him, to say, God, I don't know if you can use me, but if you can use anything, Lord, use me. He's waiting for your surrender. You know, when my first son was born two years ago, the doctors immediately told us that he was gonna need a surgery. They said, we can wait a little while because he needs to go under for this surgery. Um, so we waited a couple years, he's two years now. And um, this past year, we started moving towards taking the steps for the surgery. If you can believe it, it took us four months on a waiting list before I was able to see a surgeon. After four months of waiting to see the surgeon, we met, we set up the surgery, and the surgery was supposed to take this next week. Now, in light of everything that's going on in the world, we're not moving forward with the surgery. And I'm not disappointed. We'll get to that in the future. That is the least of my worries. I'm well aware that there are many greater needs around us. But you know, a lot of us can approach God kind of like we're waiting for an appointment with the doctor, like we're on hold, like we're on a waiting list. Like I wonder when the healer is gonna show up in my situation. I wonder when I'm gonna get an appointment with God. I wonder when I'm gonna have an encounter with Him. And friend, we serve the great physician. And Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago to turn the table of access, to turn the table of time, and to turn the table of identity once and for all so that you wouldn't have to be on a waiting list, you wouldn't have to make an appointment, but that you could simply speak the name of Jesus right there where you sit and that all of heaven would surround you and fill you with everything that you need. He's a healer. He's a provider. He is a peacemaker. He is the one that you seek above all. He's a provider of everything that we need. The question is, will you surrender today? Because if you're feeling chaotic, he'll turn the tables and give you peace. If you're feeling angry, he'll turn the tables and give you forgiveness. If you're feeling overwhelmed, he will turn the tables and assure your spirit that He is in control. If you're feeling like you don't know what the next few weeks will hold, He will turn the tables and He will remind you that He waits in the future for you. If you're praying for the healing of a loved one, of your own body, 
He will turn the tables and remind you that He shed His blood not just to secure your eternal salvation, but so that at the name of Jesus, we could declare healing and restoration over our physical bodies. His blood is enough. His sacrifice is enough. And just as He turned the tables 2,000 years ago in the temple, He was making a declaration to you and I that you have access. Will you choose to reach out to Him today? Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. Maybe consider rating the podcast and share it with a friend. It really makes all the difference. For more content from VU and to connect with us, go to vuchurch.com. We love you. The best is yet to come.